The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This with Leanne podcast and are for purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. When was the last time you were just driving along and someone cut you off at the last second? Yesterday. You had a light. And the day before. And the day before that. <laughs> and I think with, I think the day before that. Right. <laughs> This one gets me when I'm walking down the street on the sidewalk, not down the street, but I'm walking on the sidewalk and a biker whizzes by like bell on, get out of my way. I'm like, get on the road. It's two paces to my left. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Oh, it's infuriating. But what, like, what's the reaction to that? Because the interruption of the, you know, maybe the slightly peaceful drive for you, Chris, or my slightly peaceful walk as I'm going down, you know, next to a fairly main street. Well, it could just piss us right off to the point of it lingering and just feeling off about it kind of sets the tone and you can't quite shake it off for the rest of the day or maybe even longer when you think about it and you recall the story and tell somebody else about it how long does your cutoff last you for chris usually not long i i'm a i'm a forgive and forget kind of guy yeah i learned the hard way when you're when you're you've got little ones in the back Right, right, and out comes You're the uh, the color colorful language. <laughs> then, of course, that language is repeated to grandma later on. And yeah, yeah. So I learned very quickly to just sort of you know quell the eruption. Yeah. <laughs> even, even when I'm yeah. alone, it tends to just it. I just, yeah, whatever. Just, I usually feel sorry for the other driver. He's like, yeah, he's obviously having a bad day. Yeah, that's really good. Really good approach to it, and actually shows that your nervous system has some resiliency, or your thoughts are driving that resiliency. Hmm. Yeah, guess where we're going today. I think I can speak for everyone to say that we know happens. And when it does, how do you respond? Have you noticed that those little things, you know, they just bother you more now. They're more niggly than they were once were. And you just kind of notice things. And once you do, you can't quite let it go. And these worries or these things that you notice, they just pile on top of more concerns, more thoughts, more stresses until you feel like, oh, I just, I, it's so heavy. Now, I've witnessed this situation in others. I notice it in myself at different times, and I also see it in my clients. Now, with everything that we've been through over the past two years, well, a bit more now, that uncertainty, there's a whole bunch of mistrust, mistruths. You don't really know quite what to believe on, on many, many levels. Our resiliency has waned towards even failure, and now what's commonly called burnout. Now, I hear the word tired a lot, 
and know that many are really struggling at different times with feeling tired, but there's just kind of like a different type of tired that I'm talking about here. It can be from the overwhelm of life, all of those emotions that you're feeling, you're thinking, all your thoughts that are just like constant ticker tape and will not shut up. Even if it's things like balancing the family budget or you've got to go out and do one more thing as well as all the other daily stresses, it just weighs differently. And this tiredness, this lack of resiliency, it it feels different. And I've just noticed it of late. Now, when you think about all that you're coping with, it's not inspiring. <laughs> to during those times of stress head to the head to the fridge take out all the greens that you've got there grate the carrots the beets get go grab some sunflower seeds some pumpkin seeds cook up an egg put it on the side and then think oh yeah i heard leanne talk about make a homemade dressing i'm gonna do that this time <laughs> it's not going to happen in that time no it's the time for the comfort food oh, you that's are when so... chris chris sticks his head in the freezer to find any kind of ice cream sometimes leanne you are the funniest woman in the world i gotta say that is some funny stuff right there it just doesn't happen does it no 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 it just does it's just not a go-to and you know i'm the first one to say that if i'm a bit stressed and you know maybe this is the brit in me where i'm like oh i just really need a cup of tea i've been drinking so much more tea lately all different kinds but if it's an earl gray you know it pairs nicely in a time of crisis with earl gray Oh, could it be a baked good? Maybe a nice buttery baked good? Shortbread. Hey, how did I know? Bit of shortbread. So that would be my (laughs) thing. But unfortunately, it's the worst time for us to go for those comfort foods in an effort to feel better. So those processed foods, I've got my French bakery made shortbreads, which are my go-to. Maybe yours is a brownie or a donut or bag of chips or I don't know, whatever it is. Chris, it's your ice cream. I think. Do you have any other new go-tos that I'm not aware of these days? All of the above. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> don't care. Yeah, don't what it whatever's is. available. <laughs> In the shortest reach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they made candy dishes for a reason, Leanne, to make it convenient. Right. Yes, I have nuts in mind. <laughs> Just nuts. in an effort. Of course you have nuts. Well, it's in an effort. It's not because I'm goody two-shoes. It is sacrilegious <laughs> to put nuts in a candy jar. <laughs> Unless they're candied nuts. That'd be fine. Intentional about the things that I do. And if I put nuts in there and... And I'm I'm having a moment and it's right there in front of me. It's actually the quickest thing to go for. Because if it was brownies in there, then yeah, it may be that that I go for. So you got to position these things rightly. There's your first top tip of this episode. Now, like I said, these processed foods, they feel great. That moment on your lips or in your mouth. And, you know, for maybe the 30 seconds or a minute afterwards in that sort of comfort that I need a hug sort of situation. But that's about where it ends. In a recent discussion with my daughter who suffers with anxiety and depression, I've talked about this uh, many times on Eat This with Leanne, I had a bit of a breakthrough in figuring out a few physiological things that are going on for her. So to do with her body, not so much to do with the struggles that she has with her mental health, with her mind. And I just realized how little resilience she has at the moment and likely has for a while now. And I absolutely find that it's always easier to see things in another before you're then able to see it in yourself. 
So you might think of someone right now who you think, wow, yeah, they have actually been having a really difficult time. And it's easy for you to take that step back and observe what's going on for them. But then the beauty is when you kind of intermingle that into, hmm, I'm noticing this. When we start to notice things, then it's time for us ourselves to start looking at this situation. So it's not lost on me as I work through just daily stuff and and life stuff and about to change a job stuff and all the stresses that go on my life go on in my life. When I see something in someone else, then I try my best to pause, just take a breath and think, hmm, how is it that that situation is something that I need to look at? Now, as I record this, we're heading towards the holiday season. It's winter in Toronto, colds, flus, and God knows what else are flying around. I'm battling something or another myself. And even immunity, our immunity needs to be resilient. So that prompted this episode. So today on Eat This with Leanne, how to build your resilience for your body, your mind, your immunity, and all that life throws at you with some diet tips, some tools that I've been using, working on with my daughter, some supplements, and even your activities. Now, what is the meaning of being resilient or resilience? Now, I looked it up and Oxford Dictionary said that it's the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. Semicolon, toughness. Sorry, Oxford, you lost me at toughness. Just because you're not resilient does not mean that you're not tough. Didn't like that one so much. Now, a psychiatric-based website said that resilience is what gives people the psychological strength to cope with stress, stress and hardship. It's the mental reservoir of strength that people are able to call in at times when they need to, to carry them through without falling apart. Well, that makes sense if you're talking only about that more mental side of things. The favorite that I came across is resilience is the process and outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, especially through mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility and adjustment to external and internal demands. I like that one. I can see you kind of nodding a little bit, Chris. The yeah, mental, the yeah. emotional, behavioral flexibility and adjustment to what, what is happening, the external is what's happening outside of you, because there can just be a mess of stuff going on inside you whether it is immune, whether it is your thoughts, whether it is your pain, your aches, your digestion, your IBS, you know, all of these things really tax our resilience in order to, for us and our bodies, our minds and everything to, to maintain balance. Now, while the mental health aspect does need to be helped with a skilled therapist, um, even one who deals with trauma, somatic therapy, if you ever heard of that, talking, absolutely helps. Journaling, that's another practice that you can do. Get all those thoughts out of your head onto a piece of paper. Now, I can't recommend that enough. But what I want to talk you through is how to support your whole self. First, recognizing that where you're at is key. That heaviness, whether it is anxiety or depression, feeling blah, blue, or just not good is happening, no matter what the reason is. Then, we'll move on to what it is that you can do about it. Now we've dug into burnout. We did that in episode 72 uh, with Dr. Christine Matheson. Dr. Davis Brockenshire, fan favorite. Well, he shared all about the vagus nerve as an integral part of the parasympathetic nervous system that we need to support so that 
really our lives are as balanced as possible. Supporting the vagus nerve directly speaks to our resilience. And this is really the aha moment that I had when I was speaking with my daughter in different anxiety-driven situations, her heart rate, her eating, like all the things just kind of came together. And then I actually went back and listened to Dr. B in episode 86 and 87 about the vagus nerve in part one and two, just so that I could remind myself of all the incredible things that he shared about the vagus nerve. Because you kind of just don't wake up one day and go, I'm feeling really stressed. I guess my vagus nerve is a little bit off until you hear all the things that he talked about. And then you realize that, wow, this is something that's happening to my body. And there are things that you can do about it. Now, you have so much foundation in those three episodes on just how human resilience comes down to the nervous system. Now, how you cope with your stress is, you know, you can look at this in the way of how kind of close to the edge are you? Think about how you reacted to your kids yesterday or what happened at work in a situation that was a bit stressful. What happened when there was an election or some sort of political issue or you were watching TV and there was something pretty stressful going on there? What was your reaction? If you're at risk of kind of like losing it, like you said, Chris, you're not losing it when someone cuts you off. There are times when I will lose it when someone cuts me off. Or sometimes if I cut someone off, I'm kind of like, sorry about that. And hopeful that they're not losing it in their car and about to chase me down the the street. right? (laughs) Right. But you don't lose it every time, which is interesting. No. Right. So there are times when maybe your resiliency or whatever it is, whatever's Mm -hmm. going on in your world that day, that week has caused you to lose it at that moment as opposed to other times. Absolutely. And, and it not happening every day. And it, and it kind of like it, it being more predominant at times and then less. Well, I would absolutely say that probably has something to do with how you slept last night, for instance. Sure. Um, You know, what is going on in the family? What are your stresses? Like everything, like I said, can just really mount up. Now let's talk about how you got here to kind of maybe being on the edge if that's what you're feeling or you can identify that there are times in your life where you feel like, whoa, I'm really teetering on the edge. So there's trauma. Now trauma is an all-encompassing word, but really speaks to nervous system dysregulation from a different standpoint to the emotional standpoint. That can look like concussions, whiplash. Actually, Dr. B mentioned it when I was listening to episode 86. And I I was surprised by hearing that again, because it definitely didn't stick in my mind. Now, he also talked about the monthly stress of ovulation for women. So us women who are ovulating every single month, we hit a period of extra stress or trauma as we ovulate. Now, there's also a term that I've heard called in different books and podcasts that I've listened to called big T trauma and little t trauma. Now, there's abuse, neglect, abandonment, being cheated on, a loved one dying, a divorce, or any other stress and uncertainty that's left a mark on you. That you can categorize however it is that you feel, but don't undervalue these situations as leaving a mark on your nervous system and affecting your resiliency. If you've got kids at home, I, of course, do have a child who's in grade 12 and her uncertainty with a strike that has been happening of late. Do we go to school? Do we not go to school? Am I supposed to do this assignment? Will I have this test? She's in grade 12. She's got to apply for university. She has to figure out if she wants a gap year. All of these situations are 
all, they're just in her mind all the time. And if you're an overthinker like me, I know that you can relate in like these things. They, it's really, really hard to take your head off. <laughs> just put it all down for a little while. So even that can be a trauma to or, or a nervous system challenge that's going on because your mind is always looking for an answer. It's always looking for something. It's always trying to balance out the uncertainty that can possibly be there. And your body actually sees that as a stress. Like I have got to run from the bear right now. So you're in fight or flight all too often. And the thing that puts the brakes on that stress, on that fight or flight, on that run from the bear is the vagus nerve. And just like when you eat too much sugar and your pancreas has to secrete insulin in order to put take that sugar and that carbohydrate from your blood and put it into your cells, your vagus nerve gets pooped. It gets tired. And there are certain things from a physiological standpoint that I want to talk about so that you can set yourself up to work on the things that you can control while you're speaking to your therapist, while you're journaling, while you're doing all the other things that you can to support yourself. Something that someone else told me the other day, they said, oh, I've just gone somewhere and I came back and jet lag. Oh my gosh, it is so much worse than years gone by. You kind of just then end up thinking, hmm, isn't that just a sign of getting older or your knees creak and ache or whatever it happens to be that, you know, just wasn't there a few years ago. This again comes back to resiliency. Your body's getting older. Your cells are getting weaker. They're not really recovering as well as they used to. And your nervous system has taken a hit by moving over different time zones and your circadian rhythm is on its head. So that jet lag can also be like a small T trauma to your nervous system. Now, regulating your nervous system can really be done in so many, many, many ways. The number one thing that I and myself is going to, I'm going to dig deeper into, we did talk about this in episode 121, is breath work. So breathing, using your breath, exhaling more or for longer than you actually inhale is a really quick and easy thing to do. In episode 121, I talked about diaphragmatic breathing, breathing through one nostril at a time. There's all these tips and tricks, but if you're just sitting here right now and you take a breath in and maybe you count to three, four or five, make sure that you can then exhale to one or two more seconds than your inhale. And that, even just when you're sitting in the car and someone you know, someone cuts you off or the cyclist go, whizzes by me, I'm going to try that the next time when I, when I just sort of think, oh, God, that really rattled me entirely. That breath can bring you back again. Now, we know that meditation is key. Mindfulness will come into that as well. It it not only encompasses you carving out time for yourself to just sit and be, take those deeper breaths, try to calm your mind, try to think about, I used to try and think about a piece, a white piece of paper and just focus on that. Then my mind would start to look outside the lines of the white paper and see what's going on behind it. And then I bring myself back to the middle of the white paper. There's all sorts of different tricks in order to try and meditate. The brain tap. Remember, Chris, when we talked to Dr. Patrick Porter about the brain tap? Mm -hmm. And I did order one. What Dr. B talked about and he shared was that 
the brain waves. So the theta brain waves, sorry, I couldn't get that one to mind. The theta brain wave is what we really need to support for the vagus nerve, for this nervous system regulation. It's a really key thing for us to be able to do. And the brain tap actually has some meditations specifically for the theta brain waves. Now you can just try out the app. Um, I'll in the show notes on the anphilipson.com, I'll put a link directly to that episode so that you can try that out for a couple of weeks and see if it helps you. You don't necessarily have to go and buy the whole headset that I've purchased. You can just use your headphones, your AirPods with the app on your phone, and you'll have a two week trial for that. And you can check it out that way. The next thing on my lovely long list, not too long actually, of things to do to help support your vagus nerve is one of Chris's favorites, I'm going to say. I'm being very sarcastic here. Oh. (laughs) I believe your wife does this, but you are just not on board with it. Pay her taxes? No, not quite. That could be quite (laughs) stressful too. Yep. Oh, no, wait. I pay my taxes. No, I do. Um, It's about being in the shower. Oh, the uh, cold shot thing where you turn yeah. it suddenly to cold. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> never going to happen. No. New, no. new, new. So when we actually put our body through a stress like that, it responds incredibly well. So whether that is being in a hot tub and then jumping in a cool lake, which Chris is like never going to do. I'll tell you how my body will respond. It'll jump right from the shower. That's how my body will respond. Even if you're in the shower and you've got it nice and warm, you've got it, you know, you just, you're singing away, which is also a really great thing for your vagus nerve is humming or singing. So you can sing at the top of your, top of your lungs in the shower and, you know, and then you just quickly hit it on to cold and see how long you can actually stand there for. Yeah, and keep I singing. Do, I do suggest, <laughs> I do suggest that if you have a handheld shower, that it's directed onto your throat, onto the back of your neck if you can. I have I don't manage and have not managed to move the shower around. I get it, I get it hit just below my chin on my neck, and I can handle that. Different times, different different days, probably again, to do with sleep, then it really, um, it really depends. I can do 10 seconds, no problem. But any more than that, sometimes I just get really, really cold. But as soon as I step out of the shower, I am invigorated. All my cells are just humming. It is just such a bizarre experience. And you actually feel amazing. And this week, this past week, while I've been fighting some headache, stroke, body ache, some bizarre virusy type thing, I absolutely stayed in that cold shower for longer. And as well as some acupuncture, which again, helped my resiliency, helped my immune resiliency. I'm, I'm under par, but I'm not sick. I'm not full-blown sick. I've had to have some extra sleep, which has been great. I've upped my vitamin C. Um, I've put in extra garlic to everything that I've, that I've made and that I've eaten in order to, to really support my immunity and build that resiliency. But I absolutely know that that cold shot has had a really big effect. Chris is still saying no in my Zoom screen. He's like, yep, no, never going to happen. <laughs> You're out of your mind. It is crazy. You, okay, let me share another super crazy one for everyone out there who is suffering with a cough because we've got RSV flying around mm. right now here. And it's a respiratory 
uh, respiratory situation that's going on, vitamin D, sunshine, D3, K2, you got to up that, you got to do your probiotics, all that kind of stuff. But in order to deal with that cough, hydrotherapy, which is basically this hot cold, is incredible for it. And I mentioned this on radio the, the other day, and I'm kind of surprised that I didn't get a whole bunch of emails saying, okay, you've really lost it now. <laughs> There's a thing called cold, wet socks. Cold, wet, what? Cold, wet socks. Socks? Socks. You know, the things you put on your feet to try uh-huh. and keep your feet warm most of the time. Yeah. Now, well, this, this is like, it's hydrotherapy at its best. Now, the effect of cold, wet socks is that it helps to to really support immunity, drain the respiratory system because you've got all that mucus, all everything built up there and it pulls heat from your head. Your body thinks, oh, my feet are cold. What's happening? And it pulls the heat from your head. So if you have a fever, it's the best thing to do. No cold compresses on your forehead if you have a fever. You got to direct that heat and let your body move the heat from your head down towards your feet. Now, what you do to create cold, wet socks, because it's like, what are you supposed to do here? Is you get a pair of cotton socks, ideally cotton socks. We don't all have cotton socks anymore, but the most cotton possible. And you make them wet with cold water, freezing cold water. You don't have to do ice cubes or anything like that. If you can, warm your feet up, have some nice warm socks on already, and then lay out as close to wool socks as you possibly have because it doesn't soak up the water quite as much. That's in an ideal world is that they're wool socks. So find the most wooly socks that you have, that you have. Get yourself in bed and then go from the sink with your cold, wet socks, wring them out, not dripping, but not like super nothing, like you've just spun them for 10 minutes in the, uh, in the washing machine. And then you go and you put them on your feet. And then you cover those cold, wet socks. And I, it will be a, a shock. It will be a... <clears throat> for about, I don't know, five seconds, then they're on your feet and then you cover them with the wool, woolly socks after that. And then you just sleep. If you're taking a nap and because you're sick, then do it then. Or if you're going to bed, do it. And this is absolutely incredible for kids who are hacking their way through the night. And in the middle of the night, if they wake up, then you can just make the now dry socks cold and wet again and do it again. And there are so many people that I've told this to, and they really thought that I've completely lost it. Not in the, um, you know, in the way where somebody just cut me off, but you're just, you really have no idea, Leanne, what are you coming up with now? But just Google cold, wet socks all over on the show notes on leannephillipson.com. I'll put a note in there of how to do this. So you can go back and then read through it and try it again. The effect on a cough is remarkable. It just halts the cough and it stops you from coughing and hacking all night long. Because as soon as you get a cough, when is it that you're coughing? All night long, Mm. probably during the day too. But that coughing overnight screws up your sleep, stops your immune system from really getting the rest that it needs to, building its resiliency once again. And, you know, it'll just last that much longer. And RSV typically will last around two weeks, not always, but in that realm. So you've got two weeks to try this out or two weeks to work up to trying it out. And then you can say, ah, was it the cold wet socks or was I just getting better? (laughs) Anyway, do whatever you like. 
But again, hydrotherapy, that cold to heat, that sauna to the cold plunge pool, if there's somewhere that you can go to, or the shower to a cold bath, or just turning the shower dial is absolutely incredible for resiliency, for your vagus nerve, for your nervous system, all the while humming your way through it. Okay, so shall we recap? Uh, if you're not feeling well, hop in the shower, nice and warm, cozy, lovely. Then suddenly flip it over to ice cold, stand there for 10 to 30 seconds, then hop out, grab a pair of socks, soak them in ice water, wring them out, put them on your feet, put woolly socks over top of them, get into bed, throw a couple of ice cubes down your shorts, and it's off to sleep. Did I get that right? Uh, I was waiting for you to say pour yourself a whiskey. <laughs> A hot, no, I, a hot toddy. This is, yeah, we are talking your crazy brain, not mine, okay? <laughs> Some of those things, yes. That cold shower, if you can do it in the morning. If you're going back to bed, then fine, you can do all that. But yeah, nice, nice recount, Chris. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> oh, you're out of your, you are out of your mind. I love you for it, but you're out of your mind. Yep. And then listeners, please let me know if this works or not so I can go back to Chris and say, see, it worked for one, at least one of our lovely loyal listeners. It is no wonder that people thought the Einstein was nuts when you think about it, because it is the smarter yeah. folks that, that surround us where we look at them and go, where is your brain right now? But it usually yeah. means their brain is at a much higher level than your own. And that's why you don't get it, because like, mine is such is so simple. Right. I mean, <laughs> You know, I'm like cable TV, right? I'm like cable television. And I've got like six channels. That's it. All right. I got a couple of rabbit ears that every once in a while, the picture's in, the picture's out. It's a little fuzzy here and there. You're like, oh you're like Netflix, Crave, uh, uh, Prime Video, all mixed into one. Yeah. Right. It, Apple Plus. Yeah. That one. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. So that just give you an idea that it, it doesn't mean that I call her crazy. But in the, in the end, she's actually just yeah. so much on another level than I am. And I and thank uh -huh. go goodness for people like Leanne. <laughs> and we're not stuck with six channels and the beachcombers on repeat. <laughs> Beachcombers. Where did that one come from? I saw it on TV the other day. <laughs> did you really? Yes, I did. It's still oh, out there. That's hilarious. Yep. Oh my God. Yep. Yeah. All right. So moving out of the shower. Exercise I've got next on my list, but I just want to say there's a really fine balance here. Now, there's a bunch of endorphins that we get from going for a run, doing a triathlon, all of those kind of things. But I also want you to know that there, exercise can be a real stress to your system. It creates oxidative stress, which is why I'm always recommending that you take the kid boost or the skin boost if you're doing you know, a lot of exercise because it helps to, to negate the effects of the oxidative stress that, that can happen. So the kind of exercise I'm talking about is more movement, let's say. You know, we've talked with uh, Samantha about this on quite a few episodes because she's a movement expert, exercise expert. And that could be going for a walk, could be going for a bit of a speedy walk, could be walking up a hill if you want to get your heart rate pumping a little bit more, could look like a bit of yoga. That when you get in more into the, you know, the hit, the, uh, the more cardio type of things, that's where doing it for a really, really long time can just slow your resiliency down that much more. So there's a balance in there where you end up feeling good at the end of it, 
but not wiped out by it. So I want you to try and find what does that look like. Uh, we talked um, with Brad Thorpe about isometric training, where your the potential for you to get an injury from doing exercise by using isometric training which is basically just resistance. So just put your, you know, your arm up against a wall and push into the wall. There you go. You're doing isometric training. So depending on where you're at, resiliency can, you know, the exercise piece of this means that you don't want to go too far. So finding something that really works for you. So you've got the movement so that you've got the muscle building, but you're not absolutely wiping yourself out from exercise is a bit of a tricky one. So see what you can find with this. Make sure that you're breathing well. Even when you're exercising, try to breathe more out your nose than your mouth because of the balance of nitric oxide in there. Focus on that. Just like with when we talked with Dr. Lawrence Friedman about mouth taping and at nighttime where you're breathing out of your mouth and that increases the amount of nitric oxide in your body, which is not necessarily a good thing. So head back to that episode where we talked about mouth breathing and, um, and taping overnight. That can definitely help and plays into how you're exercising. Right. Let's move on to some supplements because there are ways in which you need to get extra from what you're getting from your food. Like I said, it's not often that you're going for the salad, you're going for the greens, you're going for the healthy stuff when you're in this state. So we've talked about adaptogens before, the ashwagandha, the rhodiolas, uh, HPA axis is one that Dr. B talked about in one of the episodes. That's a Physica product over on sproutright.com. And then also mushrooms, episode 131, 132. You got to go back there if you haven't listened to it because mushrooms as adaptogenics, helping support your immunity, helping support your mind, your brain, everything really from the biohacking world, anything that you could ever think of is in those mushrooms. So yeah, there might be a complex that you're taking. There might be some specific mushrooms. I know I've heard from a lot of listeners that they're, they've, they've, you know, dipped their toe in and they've got themselves some lion's mane. That one in particular is more for your brain, for your mind, for your thinking, for your resiliency of your brain and how it's adapting to just basically getting old. Minerals, they are so incredibly important. Magnesium being the number one that gets used up and just you fly through it during times of stress. There are different types of magnesium. Just to recap on that, the, the one that I use the most is magnesium bisglycinate, which means that you can take a lot more of it and not have a digestive, you know, kind of blowout from taking it. Citrate, magnesium citrate, magnesium malate, magnesium oxide, magnesium oxide, just please leave it on the shelf. The absorption rate from magnesium oxide is only about 10%. So it really isn't good. Your citrate, your malate, they're better, but you just have to watch with the gut stuff. There's another one called magnesium theonate. It's an amino acid that goes together. I have yet to find one that I really like, so I'm not going to give you a recommendation for that. But theonate is an amino acid that's super calming for you. So those two together can be even better for those who need a, a, a better night's sleep. But really, I have so many clients taking magnesium bisglycinate. It's a 
Metaphysica product, again, over on, on uh, SpriteWrite.com. And when I'm under a lot more stress, I will take 400 milligrams every single night before bed. And that's it. I am I sleep all night long. Doesn't matter how many hot flashes come and go. I'm not aware. And I am asleep for the night at least seven hours. And it makes a huge difference to my resiliency. Because magnesium is probably one of the most deficient minerals that we have, mostly in North America, but probably across the world, it is one of the ones that a supplement is super, super important for. There are a lot of products out there that you can get in a powder and mix it in to, into a drink, give it to your kids. You can get liquids as well. There's so many ways to get magnesium into you. I just find that the the capsule is the easiest one to do at nighttime. You can take it in the morning to give you a little bit more energy, take it before bed to aid with sleep, but uh, the dosage can be 100 milligrams. Lots of people who I have my 15-minute call with, uh, which you can book on, Spr on uh, SproutWrite.com, they say, I've taken magnesium, but it doesn't really seem to be doing anything. And then I find out that they're just taking one capsule a day. Well, that doesn't really do enough. Most people need between two and 300 milligrams a day, but you can go up and down depending on how your gut affects, uh, the effects that, that happen with your gut. If you do find that you get looser stools from taking more magnesium, then just ease back a little bit. Physica has just brought out a homeopathic remedy called Solace. And it is a beautiful remedy for all of this, all everything that we've been through, everything, the, the, uh, the uncertainty, the situation of whether it's mental health or physical health or, or just this kind of burnout situation where you just can't quite get out of it. So I'll put more information about that. I just started using it this week because it literally just came out this past week and it is a beautiful remedy. Uh, and you'll find that over on SproutWrite.com. All right, let's move on to those B vitamins. Those are the vitamins that give you energy. B6, for instance, is used in making the, the stomach acid that digests your last meal or your ice cream or your, uh, or your brownie or your shortbread or whatever it is that you happen to be having. But B5 is the big one for stress. So you might find a complex that has the rhodiola, that has the ashwagandha, that has all of those things in it. And even with the HPA axis, which again is a physical product, then you're going to find the B5s and they're going to find the Bs in there. Every single morning, I've said this lots of times on this episode, I have my drink of Alka-C, which is vitamin C and a whole bunch of minerals, including magnesium and zinc for the immune system. Then I add in Kid Boost or Skin Boost, that same product, but different name, um, depending on what you want to have on the label. And then I add in the liposome B complex. And I do this every day because this life is stressful and it has been, and it helps to keep me in a more energetically balanced state throughout the day without the highs, the lows, the crash after lunch, and and also just really makes me feel much better. Feels I feel like I have more resiliency when I'm taking the B complex. Now, 
all the foods, I'll get onto those shortly, all the foods that you can have for the bees include things like eggs and your whole grains. So, you know, if you're got to have a piece of toast and a cup of tea type of person or piece of toast and some peanut butter, because that's all you can manage in the morning, whatever it is, if it's a whole grain bread, hopefully sourdough too, because that's good for your gut, then, then that's going to help so, so much more as well. Those B vitamins are absolutely integral to everything to do with stress. All right, so let's get on to some more specific foods in in really helping to support everything that we're talking about here. Now, the things to leave off, we can start there first, all that processed food, the bag, the barcode, the box, all of those just lessen as much as you possibly can. Your super duper high fat foods, well, of course, that will include like the bag of chips or those kind of things you might go, go for. Fast food, I know that you're stressed and I know you don't have much time and you don't have much bandwidth, but the fast foods are not helping. Your fried foods, your processed baked goods, your you know, your coffee cream, your non-dairy coffee creamer even, that's not even a real food. I heard someone talk on the radio the other day about using a soy margarine. That's also not really a real food. Microwave popcorn. Yeah, that's a nice thing to sit down at the end of the day with on your lap, but still lots of chemicals and just no nutritional value. Now, the type of diet, if we want to talk about just a, a way of eating would be a little more on the paleo side or even the FODMAP side. So those are episodes, uh, paleo was episode 66. And I talked about the FODMAP, FODMAP diet. That's for people who have IBS and more gut related issues. That's episode 98. Now, some of the foods that I want to make sure that you have on your plate are things like pistachios. I want you to have high choline foods, which are things like eggs. Eggs are absolutely incredible for us. And when you have those, you know, an egg a day, two eggs a day, it's fast, it's simple, and has lots of B vitamins as well as choline, which is also a B vitamin. Get those sunflower seeds out. Sunflower seed butter. You can have a spoonful of that with, with a banana or an apple or just mix it into a dip, maybe some yogurt or something like that just to up the amount of protein and those incredible essential fats going on. When was the last time you ever had any liver or organ meat, Chris? <laughs> it's been a while. It has Me been. A, my mom used to uh, have, li- well, she loved liver and onions, grew up on it. And I recall growing up, I, for whatever reason, hated pasta. It was not a pasta. Yeah, I didn't like it at all. I didn't like the consistency of it. Um, And so every Tuesday night, and I'm sure a lot of folks can relate uh, growing up in in households where Wednesday night was meatloaf night and Thursday night was pot roast night. Well, Tuesday night was pasta night in our household. But mom couldn't eat it because she was celiac. And at the time had very little choices when it came to pasta. Uh, And I didn't like it. So she would Mm. cook up liver and onions. Well, so my choices were pasta, to which I had already uh, shown my distaste for, and liver. So you could imagine there were a few Tuesday nights where I went without uh, and just ended up in my room, you know, um, uh, with a glass of water. And yeah, Um, but... I, if I was hungry enough, I bit the bullet and I got into that, those liver and onions and I was the, (laughs) my, my, my siblings couldn't touch it. And to this day still will not eat it, but I can actually sit down and enjoy a nice organ meat. And that sounds terrible. Um, if I absolutely had to, if I went to somebody's household and that's what they served, you gotta be a, you know, a good guest, 
sit yeah. down and you yep. you eat your meal. And I could do that if I needed to. You could it, do it. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's, it's, oh. it is a rich, rich experience is, is the best way I can put it. Right. Yeah. I, um, that's the nicest way I can put it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it, 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 I don't know. It's hard to explain. It just there is a density and a richness to organ meat that yeah. you, you just don't get with any other meat. And if anybody is going to go for an organ meat, I'm going to highly recommend that it is organic. You know where it's coming from because liver is like, you know, it's our garbage can. It's the it's filter. Internal, yep. It's the filter. It's our internal garbage can. And if whatever, you know, animal it's coming from has been injected and given drugs or antibiotics or whatever, you're going to get it too. So as clean as possible. A few years ago, I do remember picking up some liver thinking that uh, the girls needed to have a little bit more iron in their in in their diet or and just you know just the overall benefits obviously towards their resiliency with the organ meat so i took the liver and i grated it and i put it into a pasta sauce huh and no one knew it was there and i certainly didn't volunteer that i just grated liver into into it <laughs> nobody knew so you could put it in a meatball you yeah. could put it in some in a shepherd's pie you know a pasta sauce like anything anything where you've grated it into it's it's tremendous so it would be a great thing to do next on the list is beef preferably grass fed beef chicken fish you got to get the protein to balance your blood sugar level because if your if your blood sugar level is up and down and up and down like a yo-yo then that's also just killing your resiliency your body's just trying to pick itself up off the floor from the blood sugar standpoint so that really is not helping red potatoes is another one Kidney beans is oddly another one, as well as quinoa, which is a fantastic grain uh, that's lovely, lovely for anyone. Depends on what you do with it. A top tip for quinoa, by the way, is because quinoa doesn't really taste of anything until you do something with it. And I have in my book, Sprout Right Family Food, I have a great recipe for a curry quinoa salad, which just anybody, anyone who doesn't love quinoa, quinoa is not my favorite, um, but I do love it when I do something with it. So when you boil quinoa, you can put in a little bit of soy sauce, for instance, or you could use a stock or a broth and it completely changes your quinoa experience if you're not a quinoa lover. Now, just a couple of other quick things to, to finish off with is get yourself out in nature. Feel the ground under your feet. If you can go into a forest or you've got a beach near you, um, or you just go out onto the backyard grass, take your socks off, take your shoes off, cold, wet, or otherwise, and just stand there and feel it and kind of just connect with Mother Earth for a moment. Just have a, have a really grounding moment for yourself in order to nourish yourself and just feel that, you know, I guess the universe has your back. Mother Nature's got you. You know, you're not alone in, in this universe. Reach out to other friends. If you want to go to the park and meet, meet up with a friend, that's a great, great thing to do. And from a practitioner standpoint, cranial sacral work. Now, this is something that an osteopath would do. It's just a hands-on treatment and working with the autonomic nervous system. This is another top recommendation from Dr. B from the Vagus Nerve um, episode. And it's a great reminder to myself as well. Honestly, I'd suggest that you go back and listen to any of the episodes, but those one, especially if you're here listening to this one, will give you a lot more ideas and tips. And sometimes when 
someone just suggests something that, yeah, this is what's going on for you. It takes a lot of that extra worry and concern away. Not that we love to put ourselves into a box or give ourselves a diagnosis, but it's affirming in a way. It's validating that, yeah, all of these things that you're feeling, mm, yeah, this is probably where it's coming from. Now, nourishing your nervous system and your vagus nerve, that puts the brake pedal to the stress response. So removing yourself for as many stresses as you possibly can. Well, I mean, that would probably mean that you'd be in a hut on a, on a mountaintop or something like that because life is just full of stresses. So it's really difficult to navigate yourself away from it. But if you're feeling any of the things that I've talked about today, please do your best to try and put in all the things that I've suggested, even if it's just look up a paleo diet or go back to episode 66 and hear a few things that we're doing that I talked about and the foods that you can eat on that diet or on following that way of eating, that could just really move the needle to more resiliency for yourself. If like me, you've been sick this past week or something else is going to come and get you in the next coming weeks, well then just you know, listen to this episode again. Go back to one of the episodes where we talked about immunity. I've got over on SproutRight.com different radio segments that I've talked about of late to do with your immune system. So there's a lot of help and support out there for you. You just need to sit down for a moment, take a breath, exhale more than you inhaled, and then you can move on. Thank you so much for being along today. I always appreciate when you share this with other people, with other friends, with anyone else that you happen to know is going to benefit from this and will find this of value. Over on leannephillipson.com is where I house all of the show notes, links, and all of that that you can share with people. Also on sproutright.com, you'll find all the lists of supplements that I've talked about today. And on leannephillipson.com, all those links will take you right there. So it's a one-stop shop. Please follow me on social media, SproutWrite, Leanne Phillipson handles. Also head over to leannephillipson.com, as I mentioned, and sign up for my newsletter because I share all these little things that I'm going through in my life. And if you want to, if it resonates for you, then you can do a, a, a bit more digging. So thank you, Chris, for your input today. Well, thank and, you. Uh, thank you for let, all, allowing me to... Uh, <laughs> all to your laughter. Have input. <laughs> especially on things that I know very little about. Although I must admit, when you brought up the FODMAP thing, my my wife has been following the FODMAP diet for for some time now. And if I can make a suggestion to anyone looking to travel that road, basically it comes down to it can seem limiting unless you do your homework. And when you find something you like, some a meal you enjoy, a snack you enjoy, write it down. Keep a journal and allow that journal to grow. Do a little homework, right? It's almost like a, it's almost like a, because food should be a gift. We've said this a million times. It should not be a chore. It should always be a gift. And so make sure you take the time to give yourself the gift of, of, of remembering (laughs) because oftentimes you have something and you completely forget about it. And then suddenly you're right, you're right back at that place where it's like, oh, I can't eat anything on this diet. I can't do anything on this diet. I can't have anything fun on this diet. It's not true. It's not true. There's so much wonderful food and flexibility out there and so many ideas. Thanks to people like you that do write it down and put it into award-winning books. Um, There's so many wonderful things out there. So do yourself a favor and get organized. Trust me, food will suddenly become that one of those wonderful, wonderful things in life again. And as always, our lovely loyal listeners, thank you for being here. And please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time.